I used to chase the ROI all the time, return on investment. And over the course of time, that has evolved into what I call return on life. Welcome here, everyone. This is Randy Dick here, and I've got John Sai with me on Return on Life podcast. You've heard about the ROI, but let's talk about the ROI, return on life, not about the return on investment. And I've got this special guest, John, with me today. Welcome, John. Thank you for having me. What a beautiful place you have. Oh, thank you. Talking about return on life, this is life over here. Like, <laughs> I thought Burnaby was life, but this White Rock is life. <laughs> uh, well, it's actually not White Rock. We're in South Surrey or oh my Ocean goodness. Park. So, I am um, lost. <laughs> well, White Rock's very small. The cool thing with, uh, with South Surrey, like yeah. this part of Surrey, is that we pay less taxes than White Rock and get more services. So oh, perfect. This is the place to be, not White Rock. There you go. Well, now I know. <laughs> This is why I want to retire. I want to be like Randy. Oh, there yes. Hey, well, John, um, you've got so many accolades to talk about. Uh, not only the president of EXP Canada, but you're in the top 1%. You've been president uh, award winner at the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board for years and years. You've been selling real estate okay. for, what is it, 17, 17 years, years now? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. What keeps you going? What keeps you so alive and motivated to, to work and challenge everything that comes at you on a daily basis. I, I want to quit every day, actually, Randy. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> really? Every year, January 1st, I'm like, can I do it again? Well, that is, you know, that is a really big question that I think most of us ask yeah. in real estate because we started zero every January. Every January. And yeah. every January you have to prepare to climb Mount Everest again. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how do you uh, find the will, the strength, the energy, the prospecting beast that you are? How do you, how do, you do that in January? What do you do to ramp yourself up for another year? I usually get into a lot of debt. <laughs> <laughs> so January 1st, you have some bills to pay and you get really motivated. And once you cross that December 31st line, you go from, you know, let's say 200 deals and then all of a sudden it becomes zero. Then that anxiety kicks in. If you're a born salesperson, you, you get after it. And it just, it just, you, it's inherent in you that you want to get after it. And by about end of first quarter into April, you made some money, then you slowed down a little bit in the summer. And then you spend more money, you go on vacation, come back, you're a little bit more motivated again and then it's back to school and then you, you kick it up a notch and then it's winter time. You do it all over again. Now, there are so many ups and downs during the year. You just have to like manage your finances, manage your emotions, and be consistent with your actions. That's what I've been doing uh, for now 17 years. And you get into debt, get out of debt. I mean, it's the, the same old story, but uh, what I've uh, gathered and discovered from that whole experience in 17 years is that you need to enjoy the journey. So mm -hmm. if I'm enjoying the journey, it's not so bad when I wake up January 1st with zero, right? But there are many, many times I do want to quit. But I know that that's when I need to kick it into high gear. Right. That's when the opportunity uh, to grow is. That's where it is. That's, that's the juice. Right. Because if you ain't challenged, like you're not living. If you have no problems, you're dead. <laughs> and if you ain't growing, you're dying. So what would you rather have, right? So every time I catch myself wanting to quit, that's when life starts. Right on. 
You know, when I think of that, I often think of something that motivates me a lot, and it especially motivated me early in my years. Uh, I started in 1992. But the fear of failure, the fear of not doing it again, would be a powerful motivator for me. And I use it as a motivation. Some find fear as a friend, as a foe, or as a motivator. Um, I've been able to find that friend can be my, or fear can be my friend. Yeah. How do you see fear and how does that work into your your psyche in early January? I think fear is good. Um, if you don't have any fear, uh, fear is, true fear is coming. Real fears are coming. So I'll give you an example. 2020, mm -hmm. 2021, 2022 even, I had no fear. Mm. I was comfortable. And when you get comfortable, you get complacent. Yes. You get fat in the head. You start enjoying your success and you start singing your own praises, start reading your own press release. You're like, I'm good, you know, four days a week, four hour days. And next thing you know, whoa, my bank account's going down. What the hell am I doing? And next thing you know, I'm in the red. And then, then you kick it into high gear. You have no choice at that you point. You have no choice at, the, at that point. Um, well, so I guess you do have a choice. Some fail, some actually get motivated and some relaunch. Re so that's when I relaunched. I used that fear to relaunch myself. Mm. I had no fear those three years. I was like, oh, okay. Well, well, after COVID, it was like, it was scary. And then it was like, oh my God, everything's just flying off the shelf. You know, I'm like printing money, right? Mm. It was good. Right. Right. Ref share is going good. Production's going good. Team's growing. No problems. And uh, if you have no fear, you, you got to be a little bit wary, wary about what's about to happen. And it happened to me. Right. right. Pause. Can you please move your to the other side? Yes, thank you. Here. Continue. So, so fear is somewhat um, of a limiting belief in some ways. But, I mean, today we're talking about return on life. So back when you know the market picked up because of covid yeah we felt like man this is return on life yeah but it can be fleeting it can come and go yeah but how does return on life fit into john today even though this market is so different so much more challenging and you've got so many other things pulling at you today that yeah. you didn't have a year ago yeah yeah no i i think that's a great question uh i think you know, when everything started to become tighter, the market became tighter, my finances became tighter, um, that's when I saw an opportunity. That's when you actually are living life. Mm. And then, you know, when things are just about to uh, have a turning point, I was offered the position of being president of EXP Realty Canada. And that's where the juice is. I knew it was gonna be hard. I knew it was gonna be almost impossible, but, what is life is challenging yourself to become better at 1% better every single day, right? So I took it and I said, you know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to go for it, put my hat over the wall. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. And gosh, I mean, I don't think I've grown this much in a matter of the last three months than ever in my career. You really have to step up in your life to be able to take it on. And that came with a lot of fear. So I think fear is your friend. Right. Now, doubt is another thing. 
Yeah. Doubt is where you start to pause, start to freeze and not take action. So fear is good, doubt is not. Right. So in some ways, you induced vulnerability when you took on this position. And when we put ourselves, at least I found, when I put myself in a very vulnerable situation, when I've actually said, I'm gonna go in this vulnerable situation, yeah. is when I've grown the most. And you just confirmed that in the last three months, you've grown more than you've probably grown in a number of years, number I would think. A number of years, yeah. Decades? I, I would say so, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever grown like this. I mean, financially, um, probably not the most growth in this position, right. but per, I, I believe that as you grow as a person, your finances and your wealth will grow with it. So I'm not worried about the, the current financial situation, you know, where I'm in, but to grow as a person, that's the most important. Mm -hmm. You could take everything away from me, but you can't take away what's in here and what's in here, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I often tell agents on my team, listen, the work you're doing today, which you're doing really heavy lifting today, you're actually getting paid today, but it's just not being deposited into your bank account. Oh, I love that. It's actually being deposited maybe one year, three years, five years, even 10 years from now, the work that you do today. So uh, I just want you to know that what you're Thank doing you. today is gonna pay off in leaps and bounds in the next one to 10 years. Thank you, thank you. I didn't even see it that way, but now I see it. That's great. Yes, everything we do has a deposit later in life. I love that. Sometimes it can actually be a withdrawal, depending on what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but the hard work that you're doing today, the, the good work you're doing today, is always going to be a deposit later in life. Awesome. So, yeah, I want you to know that. Thank hey, there's a, there's a great thing, and you maybe know this, uh, when you're at the gym, I call it King Tut. Time under tension. Mm. So time, when you're pushing a rep, the slower you do it under a lot of tension, or a lot of weight, mm. actually helps build muscle mm. more and quicker. Right. So do you have a, a, an experience or a moment in your personal business that is really king tut? Time under tension, things that you've been doing over time that have really created something special today. I think it comes back to prospecting. Um, and you really have to have blind faith in, in that uh, you are doing a lot in the beginning. Mm. And it will take a lot of time and a lot of effort, but you're not getting paid a lot in the beginning. But it certainly will pay off. And I, re I really had no choice because I was in debt. And uh, sure enough, it worked out. I mean, I had no sales in that one period from 2008 to 2009 for six months, no sales. Wow. Right, so, and I was working seven days a week. But after that, that six months period, I went off on a run of 33 sales in a row in the next nine months, right? But had I not put my head down for that six months, six, seven days a week, right. that wouldn't have happened. So time under tension and the accumulation effect took place in those nine months and it just, it just worked out. Wonderful, Yeah. wonderful. So were you uh, a heavy beast of a prospector before that or is this what caused you to become the prospecting beast that you are today? I think that's what made me a prospecting beast during that time. 
I knew that um, I'm not very smart. I'm not academically, um, you know, inclined, if you want to say that. Uh, graduate of psychology degree. It took me five years, you know. <laughs> so I knew that if I hey, found you're talking, this... you're talking to a high school dropout. Okay, well, then. <laughs> awesome, awesome, perfect. So I knew that, you know, if we're not very smart, I can make up in knowledge and skill, what I lack in knowledge right. and skill with numbers. I just had to play the numbers game. I'm, I'm gonna play the numbers game until I win, which I did. In the beginning it was 500 contacts, 500 conversations with people to get one transaction. As the time went on, I got better and better and better. And I just kept playing the numbers game. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't have to be smart. I just have to work on my skills and talking to people, right? Well, Tiger Woods says this, genius is 99% sweat. Mm. You gotta put the time in, you gotta sweat it out, you gotta work it out, and then you look like a genius. Mm. But people never see that. They uh, just think that, you know, he was a re really gifted and talented mm. athlete, which he is, but to work and be at that level all the time, just like you, it takes rep after rep after rep, yeah. practice after practice after practice. Yeah. And you still do that today, correct? Um, in the president role, I try to try to still try to do it. Um, like today, you know, I got on the uh, Zoom call with my BNI chapter. I consider that as my prospecting mm -hmm. for the week. And if I do have the time, I still put in uh, about an hour to connect with my clients on a daily basis. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. Like in two days, we're flying to Calgary. I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's the president rule. I, I do it. Yeah. Right on. Uh, in your prospect, I want to stay there a little bit. Um, scripting, how important is scripting for you? I think it's crucial because you need to know what to say. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, you'll be a little bit fearful. So knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. If you know the scripting, you know what to say, you know what to do, you can take listings, you can do buyers. You can do anything you want if you know what to say. And then we are in the communication business. Yeah. We're in the image business, we're in the people business. So if you know how to talk to people, you can win. Right. So with AI coming everywhere, yeah. um, I've seen some platforms where before I have to make that dial, I know the profile of the individual, I know the talking points that I should talk to this individual. Do you think that's going to take over what you and I know as prospecting today? I believe um, it will. I don't know how fast it will happen. And if AI is going to be so good, I believe what Glenn talked about, our founder, was uh, that our AI is going to communicate with the client's AI. Mm -hmm. and it's going to communicate together and then set an appointment for you. It's going to be like that. Right. Right. So at the end of the day, you still need to meet. We do. Yeah. However, let, let me go back some 30 some years ago. Sure. When I was a brand new agent and the only way we really communicate was with, through a telephone mm -hmm. and face to face. And I'd always put the client in my car. Mm. Then the internet came along and a lot of agents basically lit their hair on fire. Oh no, they're giving all our information away because mm. it's not in the catalog anymore. They get to see it online. And I went, 
this is awesome because I was getting calls from people I didn't know and said, I want to see this house, this house, this house. Mm-hmm. Can you meet us at this house on such and such a date, such and such a time? And at first it was really spooky because it was so different. Mm. But next thing I knew, I was closing more deals with less time, less effort, because the client, the buyer, could do the research themselves. Here's our next leap into the future Mm -hmm. with AI. I really believe it's going to, again, speed up that whole process. It's just that they still need somebody to really give them some guidance at the end. But we might be more just consultants rather than realtors at that point. Mm. Do you believe that? Or is that too far out there? No, I totally agree. I think think you have to provide excellent customer service. You have to have empathy, Mm. right, to and then utilize AI to enhance your customer's experience. But if you are communicating just like a robot, you will be replaced. Well, there's a robot to replace you. Exactly. You have to be human. Yeah, so I think, like you said, um, technology will enhance what we do, Mm -hmm. but you still need to be good. Well, if you're not good without technology, you're no good anyways. If you're good, you're good. With technology, you'll be even better. Right. So I think um, we won't be completely replaced, but I think that you still need to be good. Therefore, you need to work on your skills no matter how you look at it. And we talked about this uh, yesterday. This is the market not of speed, Mm. but of skill. Right. So if you skill up, uh, you're going to level up. If you don't, you won't. And you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I So believe. being left behind, do you think in the future we're going to see less agents, more teams, bigger teams? What do you see as the landscape for us realtors in the future? There's going to be more agents. There's going to be less commissions. Mm-hmm. Commissions will be squeezed, more agents, more teams, less individual agents. Right now, the stat is 66% of all real estate agents belong to a team right now, and that will start to even increase more. And the traditional way of doing business of brokerages are gonna switch to more, everybody's gonna be cloud-based, right? And then it's all gonna be teams. That's gonna be the new brokerage model. It's all teams under um, cloud-based brokerages. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I can see. You can see it already. Yes. And every brick and mortar um, traditional real estate brokerage are trying to go cloud-based. Right. And we're just at the forefront of that. Can they ever pivot out of what they're doing? I think they have to join us. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they do too. Yeah. How do you pivot out of that? There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a numbers guy, but uh, I, that's, that's what I'm seeing anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. So um, you've written a book called How to Be a Beast. And what can you tell us about your book, 13 Iron Laws to Next Level Sales Performance by John Sy. And thank you for signing it, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, It's basically my journey, um, my first 15, 16 years in real estate and how the ups and downs made me who I am today and um, 2008, how it made me become a beast, right? And I knew that I never want to feel like that ever again. I never want to feel like how deeply I, in debt I was, how desperate I felt, how hard I worked. I never want to feel like that ever again. 
right? So in order to not feel like that, you have to become a beast on a daily basis. And you gotta be, be a beast forever. Um, and now I'm looking to become a beast and become a team leader because it's not me taking actions. I have to enroll others to become beasts. Mm -hmm. And you will become a true beast if you can get others to take action and achieve their goals. So that's my next game. Wow. Like this, this is mostly about the individual, the individual. game. Yeah. So you you're working a on a book that would be a beast, team, team lead beast? Oh my gosh. That'd be a you great book to read. You just gave me the next idea. That'd Thank be a great you. book to read. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there you go. I love it. Thank you, Randy. You're That's welcome. That's amazing. <laughs> great ideas come out of conversations. Yes, sir. They really yes, do. Sir. Um, tell me, um, you've got lots of big ideas. I know you do. Have you launched your biggest idea yet? And if you haven't, what is it? Can, we, can you let us in on a secret? Oh, this is great. Um, in fact, I want to say something to that because I don't have any ideas. Everything that I've ever done was copying somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. Rip off and um, duplicate. duplicate. Yeah. I mean, even there's no original material in here, but it's through my own experience that what's, that's what made it original uh, in terms of all the thoughts that I'm sharing. Yeah. But none of what I do, none of who I am, uh, came out of my own head. It was always reading somebody else, watching somebody else, right? So my next ideas will always be emulating somebody that's very successful and doing exactly what they did. Because I don't like to reinvent the wheel. Right. Why invent the wheel when you don't have to? Exactly. But I think uh, what you're sharing is that you got to be well-read yeah. and be open-minded and have a perspective that probably somebody else has done this better than I could ever think about how to do it or do it. So, yeah, awesome. Awesome. I'm looking to you, I'm looking to Glenn, I'm looking to Phil, you know, I'm looking to everybody that has paid the path and just follow that. <laughs> Why do I want to go and suffer? I already suffered enough, <laughs> right? I just go and follow a system and it'll work. Yeah, right? but you know, um, it's an interesting concept. I, I'm with you on that. Like I have, I'm, I'm not very original, but I'm really good at implementing other people's ideas and executing on that. Mm -hmm. However, you know, one point there was web browsers, and we can talk about all of the web browsers, Explorer. There's a whole host of them before even Explorer. Um, and then there's Google Chrome. And we kind of end up, most people end up on Google Chrome. Mm. So... You know, the original thinkers often have the best ideas, but they rarely go to market. Somebody mm. else takes, takes a piece it, of it, yeah. another piece of it, another piece of it. And even if you look at EXP, the yeah. model of EXP is, is a compilation of a bunch of ideas. Yes, That Glenn right. saw yeah. and brought mm. it, yet it seems so original now. But really, it was a whole host of... Mishmash of, mishmash uh, of ideas everything else that worked really well, yeah. and you put it together. Yeah. That's it. Isn't that incredible when you think about it? Well, I, that, that's why, you know, I want to follow Glenn. And he's on the forefront of that. And uh, he's always reading. And he's always learning. Um, but I don't think anything that he does is original either. Mm -hmm. You know, the stock program is from Starbucks. Apple. Right? Uh, the revenue share program is like from Anway, New Skin. Right? From Keller Williams. Yeah. Right? 
And, you know, I mean, he just put it all together and seems brilliant. But you got to have the balls to go and have the courage to actually put it together. And he had the balls. Right. But I think it came out of desperation, 2008. It did. It did come out of desperation. Yeah. And um, greatness doesn't happen without hardship. Agree. Creativity doesn't happen without challenges and hardship. Mm. And that's when what I think is so, so amazing is our imagination kicks into gear and we start thinking of ways to do it differently. Like that was Glenn, you know, like 08, 09, oh my goodness, let's try an experiment. Yeah. I'm gonna let my imagination run wild. Why don't we do this, why don't we do that? Our imaginations are so powerful. Mm. And um, I often say there's, there's two things that we're given as kids that it's just in abundance, and that's curiosity and imagination. But mm -hmm. somewhere along the way, we just kind of lose them because we get older and we start thinking, well, no, uh, yeah. I got to do this and do yeah, that. Yeah. And we shut down our curiosity and imagination. Big time, yeah. How do you stay curious? How do you uh, use your imagination to your best ability? And um, I mean, you've got young children, two daughters, uh, two and five, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Remind me of the, the names again? Kaylee, Kaylee and Zoe. And Zoe, Kaylee yeah. and Zoe. So you see this amazing curiosity, daddy, 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 mm -hmm. and their imagination's running wild. Um, did you imagine you'd be something else than a real estate agent when you were a child? What were you thinking? Um, I actually grew up wanting to be a superstar, an actor, mm. right? And um, I was like, oh man, I could do that. I could, I, I could sing and dance, I could do hip hop, whatever. And You're a singer. Yeah, I can sing. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, but somewhere dance. along the way, <clears throat> it stopped. Hmm. I let fear take over and I was like, I must go and finish my schooling. I must do this. I have to do that. Well, I could, that could never happen. I went on a few auditions, got a few gigs, but when times got tough a little bit, I got rejected and I was like, oh no, this is not for me, right? I never kept with it. But I think, you know, um, with what I'm doing right now, um, I've fulfilled the essence of who I wanted to become in my life through a different medium, hmm. right? I'm a self-proclaimed uh, a star on Instagram. That's what I say to myself. I'm, I'm, I made it. <laughs> but you know what? Well, I see it because you're comfortable on stage. You're very comfortable in your skin. So, you know, there's a lot of training that took place. You, you made, you made a lot of money back then. It just hadn't been deposited yet. Yes, agreed. Can I stay here a little bit? Sure. Uh, the imagination. So when you were a child, three, four, five years old, what made you so happy that you just had days of bliss? Like, man, this is just so awesome. What were some of the things that, that just helped you have these most amazing days? And I, I mean, I used to believe that I could fly. Mm. I could fly two ways. I could fly like a jet or I could fly like a hawk. Mm. I could do either or in my dreams and, you know, just so effortless. What can you share from your childhood that would just bring bliss to you? That's a great question. When I was a child, 
I mean, every, everything was good. Everything was fun. Everything was uh, fresh. And um, I had the love of, uh, you know, my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters. I'm the youngest out of four kids. Uh, they're uh, 13, 12, and 10 years older than me. So I basically have five parents and everybody was, I was the baby, right? So um, I just, I got everything I wanted, Randy, growing up. Um, I was, uh, I was calling the shots. I was the baby and my dad gave me everything. Uh, once I got into my adolescence, uh, then things got tough. I didn't get everything I wanted from my friends. I, I didn't get anything, everything I wanted while I was in high school. Uh, I had a lot of failures. Um, you know, with growing up, teenager, yep. uh, girls, you know, whatever, being popular. Um, I had a lot of hardship there. And, you know, moving from Taiwan to here, I didn't speak the language. Um, How old were you, were you when you came to Canada? 11. 11, okay. Ooh, tough yeah. age. Tough age, yeah, because you're just about to grow into yeah. teenager, right? And at that time, your, your hormones are running wild and, you know, you want to, you know, you want to have that fun when you did, you, you know, from four, four years old to maybe 10 years old. It was all fun. There was no, like, judgment. There was no criticism. And then once you get into high school, it was all tough. And especially when you don't speak the language. But I, I'm really grateful for that experience. Because had, I been, had it been easy all throughout my adolescence, I don't think I would have had the grit that I have today. Right? So I forgot what the question yeah. was. <laughs> well... Your imagination. My what, imagination. What, what yes. would be so blissful when you're four years old in Taiwan? What were you doing that was just like, man, if you could reproduce that, what would it be today? Yeah, just running around. Right like, on. even look at my daughters today. I was playing in cardboard boxes, and that was fun. Yes. You know, if you can make a cardboard box fun, that's living life. You know what I mean? And uh, it was fun like that. I could play with anything, and you're just curious about anything. You could go into this bush right here and make it into fantasy and you're, so, and you're just free. Yeah. Right? And there's just, that's bliss. Sports and just hangouts and tents and all that kind of stuff. Not yeah. a worry in the world. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but you touched on something when you're 11. Um, these, are, these are challenging things that come and I've had them as well. Crucible moments. I shared with you earlier that I broke my neck when I was 14. Yeah. I had to learn to walk wow. again. Um, I flunked grade 12. I shared that with you. Wow. And I had to go and do grade 12 over again. But these are the moments that I can look back now and go, gosh, I would have changed that for the world because mm -hmm. it shaped and formed who I am today. Yeah. And I'm sure that that was so challenging when you're 11 and 12 year old coming to Canada. But today, you look back and say, that's why I, who I, that's why I am who I am today. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Any other crucible moments along the way? Any other big challenges that came your way that shaped and formed you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, growing up, my dad was very hard on me. Because he went from, I'm the baby of the family, that I could do no wrong, right? To when I hit maybe 15, 16, he was extremely hard on me. Hmm. I mean, the man, you know, he was a baby boomer. He started working when he was 12 years old, and he made it all his money as a multimillionaire, and he retired coming over here. And he's like, oh, what are you doing when I was your age, this and that, blah, 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 blah. Like, You're useless. You're never going to amount to anything. And he harped on me for a good 10 years in a row, wow. right? So, um, but um, luckily, I ran into a man in, um, in Taiwan hmm. at 22. 
So you went back to Taiwan? Yeah, I went back to Taiwan during my uh, UBC days. Okay. And I ran into a man. His name was Will. He was a Caucasian man back in Taiwan. He was working out on a Tuesday afternoon. And I'm like, Will, what do you do for work? He's like, I'm retired. I said, what do you do? What did you do? He said, well, I, I built a language school here in Taiwan, and I sold it last year, and uh, I just invest in real estate. I'm retired and financially free. Mm. I said, wow. Will, I'm only 22 years old. How old are you? He's like, I'm 42. Wow, so if there's something that you could advise me to do, what, what would you have me do? And he's like, go read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I got the book right away, and that was the first book I've ever read from cover to cover. And then that's when I got the idea of how to get into real estate, to buy more real estate so I can live off of the residual income from the rentals, hmm. right? But I still procrastinated for four years until I got my license, right? But I'm um, truly grateful for that guy. Um, wherever he is, wherever you are, Will, if you're ever watching this, thank you. If you're still out there. And um, you know, now I'm 43, Randy. Not 42, but 43. 43. Um, I want to seek out every 22-year-old and give yes. him the same gift. Yes. Will change my life. Is that your why? Is helping people? At this point, yes. Yeah. Before, it was just paying bills. Yes. <laughs> Never mind helping people. This gives you sell more real estate. Well, the why is always changing. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's always changing because we're, we're progressing. We're, we're getting, you know, financially stronger. That changes it sometimes. But just mentally, we're, we're growing and we're getting to see ourselves in different light, in different places. And so our why constantly changes. Yeah. Um, does the why make you come alive every day? Does that, is that what fires you up every day? No, not at all. No? Yeah, my accountability internally gets, um, gets me up every day. Okay. And externally as well, because I have people that are waiting for me at the gym. I have people that are waiting for me on Zoom at 5 a.m. And if I don't show up, if I, my why doesn't get me up at 4.30. It's the people that are counting on me to show up that, are, that yeah. gets me up at 5.30. Now, when things get tough, then I have to really think about my why, yes. But on a daily basis, it's only accountability that gets me right. up. That's a great point. We need people in our lives to hold us accountable. Even Glenn probably has many people, or the President of the United States, or whoever it is. You have to have people that hold you accountable, even if it's somebody below you or above you, because we won't show up if nobody's expecting us to show up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's my wife, Jolene. Oh, <laughs> there show you up go. For her. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, so you're talking to yourself 10 years from now, and what are you, you going to tell yourself uh, that you've just um, walked through the last decade? If you could speak to yourself 10 years out from now, what would you be telling yourself today? Go back in time. If... So me so in the future, 10 you're years, in the future, talking 10 to years me up, now. Talking to you now, what would you tell yourself? Because it's when we, <clears throat> we really get granular with what we want. And we say, like, this is where I have to be and whatever. What would you do today that you're not maybe doing today? Or what are you doing today that you say, yeah, I'm on the right track? Mm -hmm. I would probably tell myself that... Um, shit's gonna happen anyways right so go out there and have fun 
every single day. If it ain't fun, don't do it. If you're not growing, not making money, don't do it, right? And whatever you declare to be done, it's already a done deal. Just go out there and put in the work, but really enjoy the process. Really enjoy um, the people around you and really cherish the relationships that you have. Hmm. Take care of your body, first and foremost. Take care of your health. Right. Take care of your loved ones. And if that's all good, the family relationships are all good, your friends are good, your health is good, everything will just work out. Right? But if you don't have that core right there figured out, then everything else is pointless anyways. You got a bunch of money and you're alone in a big house. Hmm. Then what? Your daughter hates you, your wife left you, then what? <laughs> that sounds <laughs> like the recipe for return on life. Yeah. Return on life. Uh, you know, money isn't going to buy you happiness. It, it buys you a few things, but it does not bring a whole holistic view of, of life. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And uh, life is uh, created through communication. And Darren Jacqueline says we're, we're just a network of conversations. Mm. Right. And everything happens through that is communicating with each other. Right. And if you have that in your life, you, then, then you have a life. Right. If you have no communication, you have no life. So life has this thing called balance. What letter of the alphabet describes John's balance? Is it a is it shaped like a Z? Is it shaped like a like a like a an S? Is it shaped like a U? What is it shaped like? Does it go back and forth? How do you manage balance? I would say um, I'm operating at a maximum. So M. An M. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm 100 on everything. Right. Yeah. You're in and if out, I'm in and out, If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it at 100%. Right. Not 99, not 98. Um, if I'm going to be with my girls, I'm going to be there 100%. Right. Be there with my wife, be there 100%. I'm going to be there at work, I'm be there 100%. Right. And I'm going to give it my all in every aspect of my life. I'm going to push to the limit when I'm at the gym. Right. And, um, you know, if I can just do that, right, um, I've squeezed every bit of my life that I could squeeze, and that's the juice in my life, and that's the return on life. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, you're not living to the fullest. If you're not doing your best every single day, and you have regrets, like, ah, I could have worked a little bit harder, I could have loved a little bit more, I could have yeah. said I love you to my wife a little bit more, you're not really living. Yeah, life with regrets is not a life that I want to live for no. you. Um, so all of what you shared about, it all has to fit into a schedule. Yeah. Um, how important is your schedule? Do you have um, sacred times that you just will not work? Uh, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you work your schedule? Because I find most, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of agents really struggle with the schedule. And they'll drop really important things, family things that are really important because there's a potential opportunity with a showing or something. They don't know how to control their schedule. Share with our viewers how you handle your schedule. I think time management is probably misworded and misused. I think it's all about priority management, Mm. right? And the other side is like, okay, there's three things I could do every single day. Your must-dos, your should-dos, and your dues when you have time to do. 
So the, that last bit of it, you can either delegate or just declare that you're never gonna do it at all. Your should do's should not come before your must do's. Right. So as a real estate salesperson, your must do every single day, no matter how you look at it, is prospect. And if you just do that, you win. And I don't care what time you do it in the day, you don't have to manage that. As long as you get to do it, you do your job every single day. So it's priority management instead of time management. Right. Now the time management piece is like, how much are you gonna give yourself the time to actually work? If I give you four hours to talk to 40 people, you'll get it done in four hours. Right. If I give you eight hours to talk to 40 people, you're gonna use the whole time. Right, so how much time are you gonna give yourself to work and how much time are you gonna give yourself to your family? Again, that's priority, yeah. not time. So just get your priorities straight and I think everything will work out. Love it, I love that. I wrote that on must do, should do, do do. Um, I like to say, do the things you don't wanna do when you don't wanna do them at a very high level. So the things that you don't wanna do, do when you don't wanna do them at the highest possible level. You gotta get it out of the way. The most excruciating conversation every single day, get that out of the way. Because it's like, that book, I actually never read the book, Eat the Frog, oh, yeah. but I can imagine, <laughs> Randy, that if you looked at that frog right in the morning, you just go ahead and eat it and everything else is gravy, right? But if you look at that frog from nine o'clock in the morning and you wait until five o'clock, so you still, Looking at that frog, you're waiting to eat it. How sexy and tasty is that? Is that frog at 5 p.m.? <laughs> it's not sexy. No. And it's not tasty. No. But it does suppose it's supposed to taste like chicken, right? <laughs> I have eaten frog before. Uh, ah, yeah. yes, me too. Yeah, what you shared though, it really talks about um, urgency and compression. Hmm. You know, finding the things that are most important and putting urgency and compressing the timeline. Um, something that I uh, have on my desk is I have two jars, 200 marbles in one jar, wow. says wannabe. Oh. I wanna be a good agent, I wanna be a, a whatever. And then the other one says master. And so what I do is I use this to compress my prospecting because mm. I wanna transfer those 200 marbles the quickest. Mm. And the quicker you do it, the more efficient you become at whatever it is, prospecting, yeah. lead gen, whatever it is, but you master it so much quicker yeah. under compression. Even though you've done this over and over and over again, the moment that you put it under pressure, it changes it because yeah. you want to like go through those reps quicker and every rep gets better and better and better mm -hmm. under pressure and compression of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, compression of time is key. Uh, again, uh, um, this business is about momentum. Mm -hmm. And if you have no urgency, you have no momentum. Yes. Right? And if you're, right now it's uh, May 30th. If you're not in momentum, get in momentum. If you're in momentum, stay in momentum. So that is such an important thing, momentum, the big mo. Yeah. How do you help an agent? I know you've got lots of agents that you help. How do you help an agent get that momentum when they have no idea what you're talking about? What are the, what are the, the tools, the resources, or the mindset that you help that new agent find their motivation and get that momentum going? I can't teach motivation. Hmm. There is no motivation. Motivation is not real. Okay. Right? 
But if an agent comes to me, he has the desire, he has, you know, the desire to win and the willingness to learn, then I will teach you. But I can't teach you motivation. I can motivate you. Do you need motivation you. before you get momentum? Or does momentum no. happen and then the motivation happens? Motion creates emotion. You get moving, then you feel like moving. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like moving at 4.30, trust me. But when I get moving, I feel like moving. But the agent, I cannot teach you the will. I can teach you the skill. I can teach you how to make a million dollars in a year in selling real estate. I, can't not, I cannot teach you how to want to. Right. You have to want to yourself. And when you come to me with the willingness, I can teach you accountability. I can teach you the skills. I can teach you schedule. But you have to want it yourself. But uh, some people, they think they want it. Right, which comes to another M word, mindset. Yeah. Mindset equals motivation, which equals motion mm. or motivation. They all work together. Um, can you teach mindset? You can teach mindset. But again, you have to have the desire to want to learn mindset, mm. right? And we're not here to lift up, lift up the uh, downtrodden, right? And I always say, if you swim towards me, I will swim towards you to help you. Mm -hmm. But if you're not even swimming towards me, never mind. Right. Right. So I think you have to have the the will first, and you have to have the grit. A lot of people give up prematurely, right? And that's okay. Maybe you're just not meant for this type of business. Right. Not everybody's meant to be a realtor. No. Not everybody's meant to um, earn the kind of income that we earn either. Right. They think it's easy, though. It looks easy. It looks Isn't easy. Isn't it easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not easy. There's times it's easier than other times, but... Uh... Well, I have some friends, Randy, that tell me, John, you're the luckiest guy I've ever met. <laughs> and I say, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes. Because they think I didn't put in that much work to get to where I am today. Yeah. I'm not saying like I'm, you know, at the pinnacle or anything like that, but they think it's luck. But here's the thing. I worked hard to put myself in situations where the opportunity presented itself. I was prepared for that opportunity, which equals luck. But if I didn't work hard and be prepared, when the opportunity presented itself, I wouldn't have been ready. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It makes sense. So here's another ROL word, return on luck. So Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about return on luck. And it was actually the companies that were least luckiest that had the best success. Mm -hmm. So it's not about luck. It's about just grit, determination, fighting through, and actually having setbacks so you actually dust yourself off, get back up, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna win no matter what. Yeah. And that is really you know, how you return, you get the return on luck. Yeah. So it's not about being lucky, it's about working hard. And uh, yeah, you know, the luckiest people in the world are always the hardest working people, it seems like. <laughs> right? Right. Input equals output. Exactly. Right on. So who's the best in the world that you know that does what you do? 
best in the world. Yeah, who would you like to be? If who you would could, I like to be? If you could be uh, uh, somebody that is in your position, your role that you know of, what would you, who, who would that be and what, why would you like to be who they are? Mike Ferry. Mike Ferry. Yeah. Tell us about Mike. Mike is a never-ending um, power mm. that will just crush everything. That's his mindset, is he will do this until he dies. So do what he does on stage or what he does every day? Just his mindset. His mindset. Randy. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, yeah. But Mike, as a power, as a human being, that mindset is what I want, is what I want to be. That hmm. unwavering desire to win at all times. You can never get that man down. Wow. Right? So I want to be like Mike, but not everything he says and does, but the mindset to keep moving forward, hmm. that's what I want to emulate. Interesting. Yeah. I've never been at a Mike Ferry conference or have seen Mike, so now I need to go and check out Mike. I think so. Magic I, Mike. Magic <laughs> Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I owe a lot to the man. Mm. Um, you know, since my dad passed away in 2013, he's been a father figure for me, and I've always, uh, um, you know, reached out to him for advice, and mm. he was always there for me. Um, I do pay the man quite a bit of money, but, uh, you know, he's made me uh, millions. Wow. Right? And now I have another mentor in Glenn. Right. Right? And yourself. So, uh, you know, one mentor that you follow lead to another, right? Uh, but Mike is what started the whole thing. Hmm. Well, we, we need to recognize, you know, who the contributors are in our lives. Um, on, a, on a personal level, business level, financial level, there's always somebody. Yeah. And really that's the, the law of attraction, the law of vibration, law of frequency that you're yeah. speaking about. And um, it's all around us. Um, I feel honored that you're here with me today. I'm learning so much from you. Likewise, and, thank you. Uh, feeling like I'm in the presence of, of greatness. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a Chinese kid who immigrated to Vancouver in 1991 and worked hard and uh, you know is growing and I will keep growing until I die. Mm. That's my commitment and um, you know now it's it's about contribution. Right. And you got to give yourself to uh, uh, to have a life, right? And and the secret to living it is giving. And if I'm not giving, I'm not out there contributing. Who am I? What am I? I'm just gonna sit at home. On my fat ass, and <laughs> well, giving us maybe we can cut that out. <laughs> giving, giving does make us happy. Yes, it Think does. Think about that. Every time you give, you kind of get this 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 glow in you. It just makes you happy. At least it makes me happy when it I does, give. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. Um, the other day, I uh, got a message from my one of my good friends. He said, "Hey." Uh, just random message on Instagram. Hey man, just want to say uh, you inspire me. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep crushing it. Um, I move forward because of you. And just that it means that uh, I'm doing something right. 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 And if if I keep doing that, um, then I have a life. That's my return on life. Love that. Love that. Hey, let's go into a bit of a speed round. Sure. Speed round. Um, do you have a favorite band? 
favorite band. Favorite band. Ooh. And and maybe maybe you can actually sing us a tune or two since you used to sing. <laughs> you know, my favorite band because I I I don't listen to music. Um, Randy, I listen to Audibles. Audibles. And since uh, we've gone back to party a lot, and you know, as realtors, we love to drink. You know, just be honest, and love to drink and <laughs> love to karaoke. Uh, it's gone back to the Backstreet Boys. Oh, awesome. You know, every time I go into a hardware store or like Costco or whatever, uh, you know, the song comes on, "You Are My Fire," and then I'm like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, man, the next time you do karaoke at an event, um, invite me. I wanna, I wanna hear. Let's the, go. The John, Let's go. The John version of uh, Backstreet Boys. Oh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. That's awesome. Um, when you wanna let your hair down, maybe you wanna talk about your hair. But when you wanna let your hair down, what do you do? What do you go and just? I'm just gonna like lay low. I'm just gonna let my hair down today. Oh, you know what? Um, I don't have a hobby. No hobbies. Like you, I don't have a hobby. You gotta get a hobby, buddy. I do, yeah. Let me um, let me introduce you to kite surfing. I'm afraid of heights and water. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, um, you know, I, I I work out a lot, and yeah. I used to kickbox well, a lot. Well, that's a hobby. Yeah, I think it's a hobby. People are like, "Oh, you don't have a hobby." I'm like, "No, that's kind of my hobby. Yeah, I enjoy doing it, and I and the my hobby right now is actually, if you want to call it that, is uh, um. And biohacking and like mm. anti-aging you know i'm 43 years old and i want to keep you know feeling good and and i'm probably i would say the best shape of my life right you now. you look great thank you uh physically and uh you know emotionally everything has kind of come together i want to keep it that way and um i keep reading books like uh dave asprey game changers uh, smarter not harder keep getting better at that that's like my hobby right now so when i let my hair down I want to learn about biohacking and anti-aging. Cool. It, I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, yeah, I used to play a lot of basketball, and you know, we used to actually watch a lot of Netflix with my wife. But now we have two kids; it's just crazy. We haven't watched Netflix in, gosh, I don't even know how long. What's What's the routine look like? So it's uh, seven o'clock at John's house. What's going on? Yeah, so it would be my wife. Um, just finishing cooking and then getting the kids to bed, right? Brushing their teeth, uh, getting them to bath, and uh, I'm doing my mobility work at that point. And then uh, one more protein shake before bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'm pretty much in bed by 8.30. So we kind of work together on that. Um, uh, so, yeah, she takes on most of it, but we get them to bed, get them to bed, um, brush teeth. So tonight, you know, my wife's taking... Her, her mom to dad, yeah. so I'll be doing that whole thing. So tonight at seven o'clock, that's what I'll be doing. Really important question. How important is Crystal to your business? Because for me, you know, the, what Jolene did for us as a business team, so she took care of everything at the house, allowed me to do everything in real estate. Yeah. From taking out the garbage to, Paying the bills, like everything outside of real estate, she took care of, and I could just concentrate on real estate. So without her, none of this would happen. This house, this view, none of this would be here. How important is Crystal to that? She's exactly that. Hmm. Yeah, she took, takes care of the kids. 
She doesn't let me worry about booking flights or you know get, getting everything handled on the admin end of my uh, business. Um, she takes care of the books. You know, I just go out there and talk to people, do meetings, and then close you know, deals. hustle, close yeah. close deals, and she takes care of everything else. And so nothing runs without Crystal, and we're truly a great partnership. And um, I, I, I ought to uh, acknowledge her more. So mm. thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> right on. I don't want to get my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stick together on yeah, that. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, last question before we go for a swim in the ocean. Okay. Return on life. We're going to go take a swim. <laughs> in my Speedos. <laughs> um, well, there's a few naked people down there once in a while. Really? Yeah. Anyways, we can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, John, last question. If you're a scratch and sniff sticker, so we can scratch the sticker and we can sniff it, and it had John's name at the top of it. What would the scratch and sniffer smell like? What would the scratch and sniff sticker smell like? And I'll give you a little thought on this, give you some time. Sure. So I love being at the beach. Okay. That's why I moved to the ocean. Mm. I love kite surfing. Jolie and I were beach people. So for me, it's the sea breeze with a pina colada. That's Ooh. the smell. You scratch my sticker, that's what you're going to smell. Oh, boy. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. We love being at the beach. Mm. I mean, Waikiki is like my favorite place on earth. And when I do a visualization of where I want to be, mm. it's like Hawaii. It's like... Waikiki. Yeah. And at, at the beach, you know, uh, walking through the Moana Surfrider uh, lobby, into the uh, um, the umbrellas and then into the sand and into the beach and just enjoying the quiet. Well, actually Waikiki is pretty busy, but yeah. <laughs> but the water is beautiful. You get to eat every, everywhere, you know, you get to enjoy the beach. Uh, before kids, it's like heaven. Mm. You know, we would sleep on the beach for like hours. <laughs> now, not a chance. So yeah, that you would, you would smell the same the ocean and the sand and the sea breeze and the pina colada or a margarita uh, you know what it, it would actually be a beer for me a beer okay i've had a beer in a year but i love beers yeah that's what i that's what you would smell okay scratch and sniff me love it thank you so much for being on return on life podcast uh, thank You're you awesome. thank you